Now that looks suspiciously to me. Oh, there we are. Lovely. Oh, I didn't do a beer check last uh, last episode, did I? Oh, there we are. Very nice. Um, last time. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's Rail Natter, by the way. Uh, here we go. Oh, wait, what? No, oh, YouTube just threw a wobbly. Hopefully, you can still see me. I just got a very strange wobbly there. Uh, hopefully, it's still working. Anyway, uh, I was drinking... There we are. It's big face. Ooh, bleachy. Ooh. Uh, this uh, German pale ale. I think it's Glaswegian. I think it's good. It's very nice. Um, that's now being recycled. But now I'm drinking um, Winding Path, which is from uh, York County. Where is it from? Da -da 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 -da. Brewing, so produced and canned by Windridge Farm Brewing, Dallas Town, Pennsylvania. I think possibly from York County, Pennsylvania, which is, I, I'm literally drinking, Liam, I'm, drink, I'm drinking, <laughs> drinking the beer of your youth here. Winding Path Brewing Company, Slight Bend IPA. It's time to test it out. Very nice. Um, lovely. Right, anyway, let's pour, continue pouring that. Um, oh, my goodness. How are you all doing? Are you all well? We're we're here for a rail matter. We are talking about this week's. Well, you know what? It wasn't quite as dramatic a, a budget meltdown because obviously Jeremy Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak went for maximum boredom to try and make everyone um, relaxed a bit. Oh, it's it's coming up a bit quiet. You're right. I don't know why my audio is so quiet. Let's have a let's have a look at the technology, shall we? Uh, uh, why is that happening? Let's have a little look. Let's have a little look. Oh, how's that? Is that better? Oh, yeah, that's much better. That's where it should be. For some reason, an app somewhere on the computer, some XE running somewhere, hijacked the the sound controls and switched them down. But now that, that should be better, shouldn't it? Sorry, everyone who's just had to readjust their sets. Readjust your headsets. Anyway, um, oh, no, I'll put that back on. Uh, cheers, everyone. Anyway, oh, we are... So there's two things we're doing tonight. Number one, we're talking about stats. But number two, we're talking about the big budget meltdown. So um, to be honest, let's get into it. Everyone, welcome to tonight's Rail Matter. Oh, no, no, not welcome to tonight. We're talking about this. Sorry. I've, I've, it's been one of those days. I've been in an all day. Uh, D is here. Detour is here. There's some stats. Uh, but uh, rightly, uh, Deirdre is not commenting on any stats because it's uh, strike time. Uh, yes, there will be some, some strike chat uh, to come later on. Um, uh, yes, so we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll 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 get we'll get to that momentarily. But in, in the meantime, um, I just want to say that we're going to be so. There's going to be some stats chat. There's also going to be. In fact, this is a bit of a number crunchy sort of episode. The, the autumn statement comprises three documents and a load of spreadsheets. Uh, here they are, and we're going to be kind of going through these and um, yeah, generally kind of going through these. And, uh, and we're going to look at the, the numbers, uh, kind of some of the numbers that are in here and what what they mean. And we're just going to try and interpret them in a way that it, that makes some level of sense, given that a lot of it's, particularly the main autumn statement, is mostly treasury propaganda. So we're going to try and skiff through the propaganda. You're here with me. We're journeying together. Uh, yeah, YouTube's been weird. It's just blipped out again. YouTube, what are you up to? What are you, what are you doing, man? Anyway, 
Now. Now. I'm, uh, I'm jittering between... Uh, th th let's, let's not get too excited here. I'm jittering between points. Now I can welcome you to tonight's real <laughs> Oh, crikey. Yep. Do me. Oh, and, I'm, and I've just had oh massive chest pain just to really make it all happen. That's in City Two to Five fading away. Um, let us oh let us let us just let us just bring some calm because there's a lot of chaos going on. Um, this is going to be an episode about about as ever about treasury and and, and very soon in, in a few uh, in a few episodes uh, we're going to have uh, Steve Westlake on talking about what happens if we did abolish the treasury because you know we'll get there. But first. Before we do that, before we do that, we must, we must, we must, uh, first of all, get my miniaturized face up in the corner. Hello, everyone. It's my miniaturized face. Um, we're going to talk about statistics because there have been some changes. There have been some changes to the um, to our, our, our COVID-19 travel recovery uh, data kind of trends. So and what are these changes? Well, these changes are... Uh, it's a change in methodology, and I suppose to maybe to start with, a good idea will be to com make that comparison. So if I if I go in here, uh, we can make the comparison of oh 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 look, there's been a change, and the change is all to the National Rail Service data. This is quite a dramatic change to how that data looks, um, which is good in a way and bad in a way. Uh, it's good because we're getting a clearer picture. It's bad in a way because it has ameliorated some of the the ridership it, it's not the picture is not as rosy as we've previously seen it this is the rolling average that you've got here you can see the rolling average has dropped away um why has this changed well uh, it's quite quite nice explained on the uh on the dft website so uh, the or have undertaken a review of of the rail of the weekly rail journeys methodology um uh so they're reviewing the dft's publication of this data so so you know this is this is uh, freely uh, available for everyone um, yeah, I don't know if that was a heart attack. I, I probably wasn't a heart attack. Probably that's an angina or back pain. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, probably fine. Uh, don't worry about it, everyone. That's fine. Anyway, so, sorry. This is about pre-allocation and post-allocation data. So the reason we're digging into this is because it's important because obviously we've been relying on these these, these trends to, to inform what's happening with, with, with ridership information. So um, this is to do with the way that data is pulled out of um, Lenin, which is one of the the sort of systems for 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 ticket sales uh latest earning network nationally overnight ticketing and revenue databases is, is, is what lenin uh is and this gets into all the complicated systems for us managing the fact that we actually don't know how many people travel on our rail network we, we don't know that we can only guess which is a little embarrassing frankly but there we go you know we we have the technology to actually have a very accurate view of that of those numbers and we have yet to bother in any case uh so this is really that we're transferring from pre-allocation data that was used during the pandemic we're transferring to the to post-allocation data which accounts for cancellations and 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 some sort of changes um there's some there's a kind of a comparison between so there's differences between the dft weight weekly stats and the or quarterly journey statistics because there are some some data differences there um so um there are two additional inputs included within the the or quarterly stats which is a national an official national statistic uh compared to the dft weekly statistics it's the ones that we've been looking at that that, that trend data covers um 
One of them is non-Lenin data, so tickets sold outside of Lenin. Um, so that's that's one thing. Uh, they account for about two, about what is that? Two point four percent of all journeys, and then um, bulk inputs into Lenin. So contractual revenue settlements with accompanying journeys covering free or concessionary travel. Um, and these are entered into the system on a more ad hoc basis. They can be incorporated into a quarterly or annual data series quite accurately, but but not hugely useful for a running uh, data series like the like the weekly one. So both of these are going to continue to be omitted from the, the weekly from the for the DFT weekly stats. However, um, so so that yeah, there's the ORR data now with this change um, is going to be. So there is going to be a slight difference, but essentially it's negligible between. So actually, um, so the determination from the RR, the RR's little review, um, it's not appropriate for the DFT to include these inputs in its weekly series. Fine. Um, so it means that the the data set that we're now going to be looking at will account for around 95% of all rail travel. So we're going to be 5%, about 5% lower with our published trace than um than the reality which is okay fine we'll accept that um so uh there we are so the rr conclude that it's appropriate for the dft to switch to using the post allocation earnings data to monitor the recovery of rail journeys so yeah it's it's it, it, it that makes sense to me um uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with that so if we jump back to this the slide data we can then go can have a look at each of the kind of the each year and, and have a little look at the differences we see so we can see the overall roll, rolling average but let's look at the the daily data to see what the difference is so let's go back to 2020 um uh let's see um uh yeah trains are an absolute mess at the moment we'll get to the specifics of what's going on at the moment so 2020. Remember 2020. So this is the difference now in data. So actually, you can see at the start of the pandemic a bit of a bit of a rise in the data set, uh, but then it's dropping. Oh, you know what? Let's get the old whack em out, shall we? Let's uh, let's let's do that. Okay. Yeah, fine. We get the whack em out. So uh, here you can see there's a bit of a rise in the data. So if I flip back and forth, you can see that we've got a bit of a rise in the data uh, here. Um, uh, so then, what else? So generally, we can say actually ridership is higher in 2020 than than previously published. Although the trough in winter 2020 is lower, so that's interesting. Um, so there we go. We also get rid of a few. Also, yeah, there's there's some bus artifacting that we've got rid of as well, which is good. Uh, what about 2021? So 2021 was a year of kind of steady recovery, um, despite you know things like. Uh, various it was the slow removal of measures right in 2021 so uh, so let's have a look so comparison of before so I'll, I'll this time I'll scribble before before uh, and then uh, after there we are just to make that nice and clear before after before after so you see before and then after there's a general drop so you can see the change now is that there is a unlike so so by the time we're getting into recovery mode so down here, you can see there's not very much difference between before and after. Oh, uh, before, before and after, not much difference. They're about the same place, right? Um, but you can see as we're starting to get into recovery mode, uh, that the original data was a, was actually overestimating slightly and, and also slightly front loading some of that uh, those those kind of um, trends of, of of ridership increasing. Also, has kind of got rid of some of those strange artifacts. So the, the the strange artifacting we had around here that we could never explain. Uh, it's gone. It's just gone. 
So, so strange artifacting was a statistical artifact. So it's always, it always shows there's good evidence for why um, data, data sets like this, where you've got very complex data collection process and 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 uh, it's always worth understanding that the, the, the statistical anomalies are, are often likely to occur for uh, account for weird looking stuff not always but you it's it's not an unreasonable hypothesis um and actually it's smoothed off this this kind of drop and then rise in uh in it's much much smoother than, than the kind of the trend the, the trend makes sense that weird blip upwards again seems to run off so it's it's a much clearer picture of, of the ridership dropping off by the end of the year, by the end of December, because um, we have the Omicron measures. So everything kind of dropped off after the Omicron measures. That that makes sense. So then at the start of of twenty twenty two, this is our this is our before before, and this is our after after. Um, I think this is important, by the way. This is why we're going through this in a bit of detail, because I think it's important. We, we've relied on this data set for kind of quite... It's been kind of a bit of a backbone of real NATO content to, to kind of have this review of what the hell's going on. I think it's right that we have a little look. So uh, before and after, you can see actually in January, there's quite a, a leap of recovery in the new data here that's quite impressive. So that kind of... There's, there's that leap in recovery. But you can see that things are... Um, yeah, I mean, generally not... Yeah, it's just overall the, the the peaks have dropped away a bit. So that 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 we've still reached. I think that the peak that we've reached now from being ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight percent has now dropped to ninety three percent. So interesting is that 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 five percent seems to be accounted for there by by this by this drop in in the decision about about what the data looks like. So yeah. I, more to understand on on that one, I think about about we'll we'll, we'll follow those trends. Um, can understand this that slight drop. Um, when uh, Deirdre's not on strike, uh, then we can um, we can maybe have uh, have a chat. Deirdre, we need you on. Uh, I don't know why we haven't had you on yet, Deirdre. We need to have you on on an episode, and we can maybe talk about this data set and generally talk about statistics. I think it'd be well worthwhile as an episode um, in the abstract to talk about data statistics, how statistics can be misused. Uh, and indeed, if I've misused them in any previous episodes. Uh, anyway, right. Uh, there we are. I'm just arranging a future rail uh, rail episode with um, with our uh, dear uh, supporters. Anyway, right. Let's get on with this. So that's 2020. I think that's it's useful for us to keep an eye on things. Uh, we've also got obviously we've got the, the the latest sort of data here that we can we can look at to sort of see uh, extra data. Again, steady. Despite everything, we've got a steady climb up above 80 percent. Um, continuing, I would expect to see a drop off again before Christmas. Um, because that's sort of the nature, a combination of that being the seasonal pattern at the moment and and the rail network is in an absolute shambles. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, there we go. Uh, the data. Now, let us return. Let us return to the autumn statement. The big headlines from a transport perspective were sort of sweeping statements like uh, rail investment is be or, or infrastructure investment is being frozen. So they, they painted that as a positive thing. It isn't a positive thing, by the way. Uh, that means a real-time sort of... Yeah, they're basically, for the next two years, they're not changing any of their infrastructure investment plans. But as we know, the infrastructure investment plans are woefully inadequate for us to be tackling some of the big challenges facing society. So, um, yeah. I, 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 yeah, anyway. We are going to... There are two, there, so we're, we're not going to look at this document here. We are going to look at this document in, in like, uh, this one, sorry, uh, very, very briefly. 
uh, because uh, I'm going to draw a sand timer. Uh, it's a sand timer. We're not going to. We're going to go through this one very quickly uh, because da, 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 da. I don't know why I drew a sand timer, but it represents time, right? We're going to go through this super quickly because it's full of mostly propaganda rubbish. We're going to concentrate on the pure numbers which are contained within the policy costings. Um, so we're going to have a look at that. So let's first of all bring up the uh, the fancy autumn statement. So here it is, the autumn statement, and we're going to so. Uh, Warning for everyone, content warning for everyone, we're going to flick through this at fairly high speed uh, just to give you a gist of it. I don't want to dwell on it because it's very selective. Uh, lots of waffle, like treasury waffle. So I'm just going to show you what the document looks like and then we're going to move on. So here's the autumn statement. Everyone's had a chance to look away if they're worried about flashing. Uh, so you can see, look, it's a document broken into uh, five chapters and all of it waffle, waffle false like misused statistics waffle some numbers that are fine yeah waffle growing fiscal outlook waffle a load of and then the actual material changes here so policy decisions so this is where we can have a little look uh so there's stuff about energy the fact that they're continuing some of these schemes that these milk toast schemes that exist uh what are they called the the what's the da, 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 the within here is the is the um Oh, what is it? The the profit tax type thing, the, the the surcharge on the fact the energy companies are making huge amounts of money. So that's one thing. Uh, welfare, work and pensions. There's, there's so much in here that has an impact on everything that we care about as rail matterers. Um, but we're going to push through that because we didn't get... Oh, yeah, we were supposed to have a, a specialist on uh, this episode. Sadly, everyone's really busy at the moment, which is absolutely fine. So you just got me a muggins. Uh, so we're going to concentrate on what we know and look at transport particularly. Um, here, there's tax. There are a few things that we can look at. And we will go into some of the other numbers as we go through. Um, da, 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 NIC rates, da, married couples allowance stuff, the, the dodgy, weird, strange prejudice. Oh, yeah, here it is. The energy profits levy, which is essentially like the, the windfall tax. The, 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 that's the euphemism for the windfall tax. That They're, they're actually increasing up to 35%. Snuck that one through. Um VED on electric vehicles is an interesting one. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, so, new zero emissions vehicles uh, registered after 1st of April 2025. So, in two years, we'll be liable to pay the lowest first year rate of VED. Um, I mean, it's trivial, so it's not that, that's not that much money. From the second year of registration onwards, they'll move to the standard rate, currently 165 a year. So, this is interesting. Um all cars at that point will also pay the standard rate. Um, expensive car supplement exemption for electric vehicles due to end in 2025. Interesting. Um, what else? What other stuff is within that? Uh, oh, feel free to drop your uh, interesting point in. Thanks, Chris and Gareth. Yeah, I was trying to remember the name. Windfall taxes, indeed. It. Um, yeah, so, so there's going to be an equalization. So basically, the benefit of getting an electric car from a... From a from a VED perspective, that does, that's not fuel duty, so you're still not paying for the, all the fuel duty stuff. But the VED thing, which, frankly, I, I agree with, because a vehicle is a vehicle, um, they're going to be taxed uh, equally, no matter whether it's electric or, or otherwise. So, fine. Others might have a, dis a, a different feeling. VED is, is, is vehicle excise duty, uh, which is car tax, essentially. It's a, it's a duty on cars existing. Vehicle excise duty. So uh, yes, um, so there's there's stuff about 
climate change levy rates rebalancing, which I don't, I need to dig into. I need to get someone on from um, climate. What's, what is it? The, the, what's the climate? There are a couple of good climate, uh, carbon brief. We need to get someone on from carbon brief to talk through some of this stuff, I think. We haven't had anyone from carbon brief uh, on, the, on, on, the, on, the, on the pod before, so we should probably aim for that. Anyway, lots of stuff on business rates. There's a lot of business rate stuff. There's a load of stuff on spending, which is well, whatever, um, because it's all sort of contrived. Um, fine. Lots of statements about, oh, you know, bolstering maternity services, all this stuff, but we're going to, funding for catapult network. Oh, well innovation but innovation is a waste of time if you haven't then got a a pipeline of capital investment to, to make use of that innovation just spending on innovation doesn't mean anything um fine supplies i grow see this stuff about yeah lol investment zones are gone which is a good thing so that's they're, they're gone that is a, a benefit we'll talk about the stuff that was proposed in the previous budget you do dad because i've got a slide on it because so much that they, did this budget want to just be like no oh, no we're not we're not doing that that they published a specific table to show how they were actively reversing every single one of the Trust Quarteng uh, policy statements. So that's very funny. Um, new devolution deals is in interesting, but again, like this needs, there's no funding power to back this up, so nothing in there. Anyway, right, there are the numbers. We'll come back to all that. So there's, there's all the numbers, fine, uh, which we've got in a table we can look at later. And there we go, the fake tracing paper actually you know what the fake tracing paper is quite nice it's probably quite it's, oh it's not that high res i was gonna say it's a nice little texture for me to export and, and make use of thanks thanks treasury want to add to my um texture list of of textures that i can make use of anyway i'm pretty sure i could photoshop out these and then then i've got a nice nice little bit of textured paper lovely thanks thanks hmt for that anyway right the meat on the bones is uh, oh, I've been halfway through part reading it, is this bit, is the actual policy costings. So we're going to go through this and look at what the material changes are to stuff that's relevant to transport as best as we can. If I miss anything, shout at my name so it pops up red, that sort of thing, you know. Um, and we're going to go through this uh, and pick out what we can and kind of have it maybe have a bit of a stab of an idea of what it might mean. Uh, yeah. Um, so you're going to, as ever with these the PDF page turns, it, you're, you're seeing it through my eyes in the way that I generally flick through these documents. My chaotic ADHD brain, but hopefully with a bit of informed what to look for type thinking. Uh, and, and maybe that can help you a lot. As ever with RailNet, I'm not trying to tell you how to think. It's like equipping you with, oh, it, yeah, that's a, that's a way to pick that stuff up. And then you can sort of make, make these decisions for yourselves. Because if everyone, you know, uh, was able to digest evidence, then we'd all be socialists, uh, which is the plan. Anyway, so... There we are, fine, lovely, open government license, yes, introduction, policy costings, indexation in the public finance forecast baseline, annex A, fine, well, we're going to not worry about that. So this um, sets out managed expenditure limits, uh, this goes through what's in this in the chapter for policy costings, there's all this stuff, and we're going to go through each one in turn, we're going to ignore some of them because I'm not equipped to say much about them. Um, so, okay, there's energy price guarantee, cost of living payments, pensioner cost of living payments, disability cost of living payments, energy bill relief scheme. The, 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 so th that stuff all bundles up into some of the response, you know, the, the frankly menial response to the enormous um, uh, pressures being applied for, the, for, for, for energy prices that are not uniquely and singularly because of uh, Russia. Like a lot of these are because of the way we've done energy as a broad strategic policy for the last multiple decades. All of that being do nothing in the UK, 
make it everyone else's problem um, until the point at which energy independence would be a very good idea. So the way to solve all of these energy issues is to massively ramp up energy self-sustain, uh, like self-reliance of which, uh, well, we're getting late for nuclear. I've, I've, I've stood for a very long time defending nuclear as the choice, but we aren't getting to the point where nuclear is like, ah, oh, we've taken too long. So unless SMRs can bail us out by being able to be delivered in a couple of years, big nuclear is starting to not be the certainly the, the medium-term solution, which is uncomfortable for me because nuclear, when it was announced back in twenty, you know, the, the 2010s or before, was part of the solution, absolutely was part of the solution, and, and now is not, is, that's becoming less true. Um, Long-term, yes, okay, part of our major energy needs, but short-term, we, we need just massive amounts more wind and solar, uh, particularly solar, actually. Um, hello, everyone in the chat. Hello, all the people here. Um, so, anyway, right, uh, energy bill release scheme. So, the, the council tax thing, again, it would have been great to have um, the various guests that we that I uh, wanted to get on, but are more important than I am and very busy, um, have them on because it would be interesting to understand. Here is basically, this is about the fact that they're like, oh, council tax is going to increase, which will make our lives easier. Uh, which is like, no... No, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, it's a load of stuff on business rates, business rates, business rates, business rates. Not equipped to talk much about that. Energy profits levy, the windfall tax, fine. That's providing some money, but again, they could like... I mean, ultimately, the right thing to do with energy is to... Um, and sorry to those who... I know that some people don't agree, even on the kind of left of centre don't agree with this, but um, vital services that people rely on to survive, which for me are water, electricity, internet should be provided by the state <laughs> uh, and whether there is kind of whatever the private involvement is in around that or whether you know that's there is a state supplier and then private companies can kind of attempt to get around that i don't think i personally would rather it was just provided by the state but um the way to solve this problem would be to uh have a massive state energy provider um whether that would be at regional council or national level, but that for me feels like the way to solve this. Um, just make the energy companies not make any profit. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, lots of stuff about old. Yeah, I know we could talk about some of the stuff about the policy, massive policy framework that favours people who are over the age of sixty-five. Um, given that they, on average, not uniformly, but on average, have it a lot better than most of us. Um, who are under that age, yes, uh, agreed. Uh, but it's a vote winner. Yeah, there we are. Electricity generator levy, uh, income tax, national insurance, thresholds, uh, inheritance tax stuff. A lot of this is reversing the previous, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the trust quartet, um, F around and find out stuff. Um, uh, income tax, fine. Income tax, capital gains tax. Right, vehicle exercise duty. Here we Here's a transport thing. Equalized treatment of electric and internal combustion engines. So this is basically saying, look, we're going to, by the time it kicks in, we'll start making, you know, uh, half a billion, a billion, one and a half billion um, in VED um, by the end of the decade, which is, you know, a trivial amount of money, frankly. But, you know, it's I don't think it's unreasonable to normalize that. My gut feeling is it's it's fair enough. Um, uh, my gut feeling is that it's fair enough that uh, electric vehicles are, are taxed the same as, as, as petrol vehicles, because the only thing that, that electric vehicles beat over ICE vehicles is, is is tailpipe emissions. There's still lots of other emissions. They don't solve traffic. They don't solve anything else other than just tailpipe uh, nasties and GHGs. So, yeah, 
I think that's fair enough, to be honest. And any, 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 any thoughts on these? Do, do, do queue up your thoughts and let me know um, if, if you disagree. Um, you know, I've not... This isn't a hill I'm willing to die on. I've not put a tremendous amount of thought into the, the, the vehicle exercise duty thing reversing. But to me, it kind of... My, my instantaneous gut feeling is... It kind of makes sense. Um, uh, fine. Company car tax. Uh, so, fine, I think. Again, a piece for that. Like... Yeah, anything that's you know increases the the or or disincentivizes natural car usage. Fine. There's a large omission within this uh, document, which we'll 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 get to the end of and see if any of you spot it. Um, do any of these impact figures take account of anticipated inflation? The logic is that inflation will normalize within a couple of years, so I think to an extent it doesn't make a huge amount of impact. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. Other much more clever people will be able to tell you how inflation is accounted for within the the, the, the autumn statement. Uh, national insurance, right, okay, let's skip through that. Pillar 2 rules, UK implementation of global minimum corporate tax reforms. Uh, fine. This is interesting. I think this is to do with big businesses who... This is, this is the, the, the Google tax. Uh, and this will bring in a hilariously trivial amount of money. I mean, it's some money, but again, it's not that much. It's surprising. But again, it's because these large businesses can dodge that. But um, yeah, fine. R&D tax relief. Well, that's interesting. Uh, this is something that lots of companies, including those that I'm sure lots of us work for here, um, yeah, lots of them uh, basically spend quite a lot of time hunting for money that can be put into R&D so they get tax relief. Uh, this appears to be getting eroded slightly, which, again, for me, feels like uh, not necessarily a bad idea because, uh, I don't know. It always felt to me like a bit of a... Is it actually materially making any difference to, to how much people are willing to be interested in investing? Anyway, fine, whatever. Oh, that's a good point. How many, how many pages is this? It's, it's, 20, it's 29. Okay, we're about halfway through. Fine. Um, VAT, just keep it as it is. Fine. Climate change levy, rebalance rates. So... I don't know about this. Let's get someone from Car and Brief to talk about it. I, I, I've read through this and I don't... You know, it's it's accounted for such a trivial amount of money that I'm not entirely sure what this really means. And it, it maybe it's like a statistical or administrative thing rather than any m meaningful policy. Uh, capital gains tax, I just can't comment on it. Uh, transfer pricing documentation implementation of OECD best practice requirements. Okay, right. Uh, again, oh, HMRC investment in compliance tackling tax fraud. So some money to expand their work to tackle non-compliance and bring in additional tax revenue, uh, which they predict will bring in a pretty trivial £292 million spent and only £155 million uh, per year brought in by the end of the decade, so not hugely spectacular. Um, Gregor McCabry is, is pointing out that VD fuel duty is just not fit for purpose, and actually we need to have road pricing. Yeah, fully agree with that. Uh, we, we've done that episode a long while about ago, haven't we? Um, uh, interesting. Gareth Williams is pointing out the Google tax does does Gareth's head in. They advertise with Google, and Google just pass the tax on as a surcharge, so they pay NAFOL themselves on the revenue they generate. That's very interesting. Um, CCL is an extra tax paid by companies on higher energy costs as a percentage of power bills. Oh, thanks, Gareth. Yeah, I'm not fully. I don't think I'm well equipped enough to kind of comment on that. I'm not going to comment on things I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand. So, right, more wealthy reducing non-compliance by wealthy taxpayers. Okay, fine. Again, it's amazing how little they're bringing in, despite how much people uh, dodge tax at that level. Fine. Stamp duty, no van benefit charge. 
The van benefit charge is imposed when an employer provides their employee with a van, which is available for private use. Huh. There we go. They're expecting to make the almost nothing from that <laughs> a year. There we go. Fine. Whatever. Uh, car fuel benefit charge. It's imposed when an employer provides an employee with fuel. So these are all like corporate things. Again, it's like, you could just get rid of this as a, as a thing. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just absolutely no money. What's just trivial money. First year allowance for electric vehicle charge points. Uh, this extends the enhanced capital allowance for the purchase and installation of uh, EV charge points by businesses. So there's like an element of... And it's interesting that it's ebbing and flowing. It's not. So at the moment, it's, it's net negative. So it's a drain on... A drain, you know, it's, it's an investment by the public purse. And then it won't be by the end of the decade, by the look of it. So interesting. Okay. I don't really know what that... This seems like such tiny numbers. I'm not really sure what... Yeah. Uh, uh, right, okay. Current price support. Import tariff char changes. Pension credit. Uh, benefit cap levels. Just pathetic. Like, need to bump benefit caps up by a lot more. But I'm increasingly a UBI fan anyway. Um, support from mortgage interest. Whatever. Social housing. Cap rent increases below CPI. Well, yeah, but they need to be capped more. Uh, employment support allowance. Uh, daily managed move to universal credit. Until, okay, I'm not equipped to respond. Housing benefit pension credit delay merger until 2028. They believe that'll make a saving beyond that point. Why is it making a saving? Surely, oh, well, I don't like that because, yeah. DWP, additional investment in tackling fraud and error. A pointless waste of money, but they are predicting a b nearly 2 billion quids of benefit. So what they actually mean is they're making it harder to... Uh, they're making it harder for people to actually... So it's not basically making it harder for people to apply for benefits there, and they'll they'll make 2 billion quid a year by the end of the decade on making it harder for people to apply for benefits. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Energy profits levy. Uh, that's the windfall tax, which is making substantial amounts of money. Not enough. Should be more. They should be more aggressive. But, you know, six, seven, five, three billion. So what is that? Oh, come on. I can't do maths. So that's 12, uh, uh, 20, 24, about 24 billion being made from this point until the end of 2026 on that. Um, yeah, interesting. It's a sizable chunk, isn't it? Uh, right. R&D tax release. Yeah, again. Extent to data and cloud costs. So like, whatever. Tax exemption for compensation payments. Uh, okay. Uh, capital gains tax. You're not equipped to. IFRS 17 transitional rules. Mind-blowing. No idea. Uh, fine. Residency test exemption for arrivals from Ukraine. Like a trivial amount of money just to allow people this is there's some problems with this scheme on a major scale um problems for just actually it, it being sold as a good thing and actually impacting on a lot of ukrainians trying to come into the country uh yeah right pip award review queue uh again if it's making up uh mm, yeah it's just not exchequer impact should be uh, yeah, okay, it's, so it's an investment. It's, it's money actually going to people by the look of it for a couple of years, but I'm not sure anyway. Pause full PIP rollout. Mm. And it's seeming to make a lot of money. I don't like the look of that uh, because PIP, we should be encouraging, you know, PIP, it, it's a good thing if it's going out. It's allowing people to live 
you know, live live more fulsome lives if they're getting pip uh, and they're otherwise impacted. Anyway, right, fine. Uh, student finance, elevators in Ukraine, not much trivial. Income tax, basic rate, 20%. NIC, reverse temporary increase in NIC rates. Cancel health and social care levies. So this is resulting in a sizable impact. You know, it's a, a positive thing by the look of it because uh, that's 20 billion coming out of the the exchequer's uh, back pocket. That's a good thing. Money going out. Uh, stamp duty line tax, annual investment allowance, whatever. Venture capital schemes, increased seed enterprise investment scheme limits. It's trivial. Employee share schemes, whatever. Alcohol duty reform, uh, not hugely interested. Right, that was it. That was it. That's all the stuff. Wait, what? There, there it is. That's that's it. It's not very dramatic, is it? But we are going to bring up the table, which talks about some of the. Other, so that's that's one thing. And there's the annex here, which which talks about some of the, you know, indexation in the public finance forecast baseline, and then a lot of stuff talking about how it's being. I think this section might be referring to, um, how they're managing. Oh, I don't know. Let's get a, let's get a data table up. Here we go. Here's a big data table. So here is the data table, um, and the key things we're kind of interested in here is looking at some of the public spending section. So this sec so you'd see here this is this is the, the, the whether it's spend or tax fine. So a, a bit of money on the NHS, but you know it's it's not enough. Um, a bit of money on schools, but again not much. If we go to and that's that's basically it. That's 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 so in terms of public spending, it's not very dramatic, is it? If we go down, scroll down, welfare pensions, previously announced policy. This whole section is the uh, growth plan getting binned off section, which is very funny. We've got a slide for it in a set we can laugh about. Growth plan. That's pretty much it. A bit of like that's pretty much essentially it. They've frozen. So they within the autumn statement, what they've done with capital expenditure is. Essentially, they've just frozen it. So if I go to... Let's get this thing back up again. So the... Let's see. Growing the economy. Let's bring this up. So investment. Let's go with here. Uh, it's funny. Within this section, unblocking tens of millions of pounds. Lots of like milk toast stuff about it. Investing in high-quality infrastructure is crucial for boosting economic growth and productivity. Infrastructure spends... Oh, sorry. Spreads opportunity and prosperity. Infrastructure is also the foundation for securing energy independence and transitioning to net zero... The government will seek to accelerate delivery of projects across its infrastructure portfolio rather than focus on the list of projects that were flagged for acceleration in the growth plan. The government will continue to ensure that all infrastructure is delivered quickly through reforms to planning, uh, yeah, da, 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 national policies, transport, blah, blah, blah. Government is placing the UK Infrastructure Bank on a statutory footing. Not hugely exciting, to be honest. Uh, the autumn statement recommits to the government's transformative growth plans for our railways. So here we are. Here's our here's our bit. The only bit where railways are mentioned. You know, an enormous amount of stuff about the potential for the future, and this is it. So we have, they commit to East West Rail. They don't say anything about what what they actually commit to within that core Northern Powers Rail, which means not Northern Powers Rail. I mean, I'm, I I want to stop using it. I'm going to set up a QI klaxon for it. But what they mean by that is the stupid, pointless, scorched earth scub at uh, scub. Stub to um, uh, the stub to uh, Marsden through Stanage. High speed two to Manchester. They're talking about uh, so they're talking about cutting the Manchester Airport station. They've got rid. They've already got rid of the. the also, you notice that they're explicitly not even mentioning the spur up to East Midlands Parkway there. So 
that's going. They're getting rid of that. They're getting rid of Manchester Airport Station. They're cutting every single thing they can. They've already got rid of the Goldbourne link. They're just stripping it right back to as much as they can feasibly strip it back to without saying, you know, short of saying, look, we've delivered it to the north. So it's pathetic. Um, digital infrastructure, da-da-da-da-da, fine, lovely. Uh, bit of nuclear, renewables, wind and solar. They're still not bringing you know they've not reversed the cut that the ban on onshore wind which is a, a real problem um second round of leveling up fund 1.7 billion is just such trivial amounts of money it's pathetic how do they expect rounding errors in the nhs budget scale of pennies to make any difference to any part of the country it's just embarrassing um this is this is kind of an interesting statement here though the government also remains committed to giving more local areas greater power to drive local growth and tackle local challenges uh, this includes delivery. Okay, devolution deals fine, but none of that is actually talking about funding powers being devolved. None of it. Um, new trailblazer devolution deals with Greater Manchester, West Midlands combined authorities um, to devolve powers to deliver leveling up in areas such as skills, transport, housing. So these will theoretically act as a blueprint on these. Uh, so it's. it's Looking at, so as part of negotiations of trailblazers, the government will explore with Greater Manchester uh, Combined Authority and West Midlands Combined Authority the potential to provide single departmental style settlements and an expending review. This could give local partners more flexibility and accountability over key economic growth funds, moving away from competitive bidding processes. Well, away from competitive bidding processes is good, but it's about how these settlements actually deliver funding autonomy. Because local area, local the regions and the cities require funding autonomy. Critically, they require funding autonomy, and they do not have it. Uh, and until they get it, nothing's getting solved, right? Nothing's getting solved. Anyway, so that's the that's the stuff about transport. That's that's basically it. There's not really much to say. Let's go back to the slides, shall we? So um, if I uh, just get rid of my mouse again, we don't you know just see my mouse. Get rid of the cursor. Fine. So. So there we go. Um, this is the this is the, the the section that's funny because it's getting rid of it, it's the this is the this is the the whoopsie um, the whoopsie uh, uh, section uh, or table. There we are, the whoopsie section or table. Uh, here we are. Um, <laughs> so you can see here, this is all the bit where it's going. So the uh, the, the, the we're going to reinstate the plans to raise corporation tax. So there we are. So that's adding. That's 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 adding extra money. Uh, you can see they're going to maintain the basic rate at twenty percent of income tax. So that's you know not making a dramatic difference, but it's just solving some of the issues of of of, of the the swip and the swap. Uh, maintaining the additional rate, maintaining the, the the dividends tax rate. So all that stuff that was promised is now binned off. Um, off payroll working rules. So they're maintaining the IR thirty five reforms. So that's reversed, which is good. So you can see that's going to mean more tax because people can stop 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 avoiding tax by having little companies, uh, which isn't what permanent rail engineering was for, by the way. For any of you curious, that isn't what that was for. Uh, I've yet to actually use permanent rail engineering for any payroll. I've done it all through self-assessment because I'm simple, uh, confused, and uh, uninformed. Uh, VAT cancel the VAT free shopping weirdo scheme. This this like weird tax haveny type doodad. That's gone. It's not going to count for much, but they're like, oh, yeah, that maybe would have brought us in stuff when it actually was introduced. And then the the, the, the freezed alcohol duty is, is gone. So that's, there we are, so there we go. So that's accounting for the, so they're reversing all those policy decisions, meaning that by the end of that, the, the 30 billion uh, is going to be 
uh, still within the pockets of Treasury at that point. So that's very funny that that's just growth plan 2022 reversals. They put it as, as obvious as they can. Of like, look, we, no, let's, let's, let's get rid of that scribbling. That was rubbish. Look, we've scribbling. There we go. Oh, my goodness me. There we are. They've, they've like signposted it as, as obviously as they possibly can, which is very funny to me. Anyway, yeah, right. So Treasury, it's all about Treasury. Um, what can we learn about Treasury? Well, firstly, this was such a non-committal, visionless uh, budget, right? I know they're trying to euphemize it and say, well, we don't do budgets, we do statements, and we've split it all down. The reality is that it's like this was a budget, and the budget is totally uninspirational. Like no real vision for what the future should look like. No actual proper, you know, a paragraph on energy, a, a paragraph or two on transport. It's pathetic. You know, this is the stuff that will define the shape of the country in the future. And Treasury, who have all the power, are just unwilling to have any interest in, in, in painting that picture or, or providing the tools or the autonomy to the other departments so that they can. So, yeah, not 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 really good. And, and there are lots of issues with, with Treasury. Loads and loads. And we'll pick them in a few episodes. But I want to remind ourselves of... One thing, we jumped back to the Collapse of Carillion episode, which was, you know, uh, what was it, 43 episodes ago. Um, so, the Collapse of Carillion, there's this one section which of that episode which I wanted to pull out, because a, a lot of the, the sort of changes to departmental funding at the moment, because there's big cuts coming to departmental funding, like austerity is coming back again despite it being it was debunked when it was when it first happened after the financial crisis it's still debunked and we're doing it again um a lot of that is essentially outsourcing so there's there's two things at play there's, there's the fact they're outsourcing lots of stuff to private companies because they reckon that makes it cheaper somehow by magic the other thing is 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 just generally delivering society at on the cheap but this i want to come back to this point that we talked about in that episode which is that successive uk governments have trying to convince themselves that they can build and maintain a functioning society at less than the going rate so this is this is just a constant theme of 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 governments for the last 20 25 30 years uh, and by by outsourcing to you know, a lot of this outsourcing a lot of this is still it's happening within network rail that we're network rail is sacking thousands of staff and then they're just coming back on they're just coming back into employment because we need those people but they're just off the books so it's landing in a different place. It's landing as as a, you know, it doesn't government doesn't care because it just means that Network Rail are able to do less and spend less, but they've got money. They've got those people taken off the books, which is all they care about. It's about by outsourcing to increasingly ungainly organisations that cannot bend reality, so they attempt to bend their finances. This is again, you know, this is this is the Carillion issue. You know, Carillion was like, we're delivering all this stuff, pretending that we can do it for cheap, but actually we cannot. And so we're going to fudge our finances. This is really key for us to kind of remember this stuff. Um, so, yeah, abolish the Treasury. And we're going to get Stian Westlake on to talk specifically about that in a few weeks um, or a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. There's another thing I wanted to put up that's been discussed because a lot of people were talking hilariously about cancelling HS2 and, and the benefit that would have on on finances in the UK, which I find very funny for a variety of reasons. Uh, so here's some roughly scaled circles representing um, investment in uh, representing the, the, the kind of the UK's total managed expenditure annually. So this is the 2021-22 prices. So uh, it's a little higher than the normal because this will drop down to about a billion and sorry about 1.03 trillion uh, in a, in a few years when the COVID spike kind of settles down and and, and this new austerity kind of beds in total managed expenditure was 1.1 trillion in uh in 2021-22 of that 
1,102 billion pounds, uh, 42 of those, 42 billion, was DFT outlay, right? I should have done some percentages, shouldn't I? Only, you know, just over half of that was rail. So 26 billion was rail's outlay in 2021-22. And then only 4 billion of that outlay was on high-speed rail. So that's not even entirely HS2, although it's mostly HS2. But high-speed rail expenditure was essentially about 3.5 billion, but I've rounded it to the newest whole billion to, to kind of um, make things easier for our little brains. So so what is, so, so just as an, an, a little idea, a little idea, which is um, 4 divided by 1102, what percentage is that? And then we're going to multiply that by 100 to get a percent, right? So that's... 0.4% of the... No, you don't want to look at that. You want to look at... I'm, I'm getting rid of my calculation. 0.4% of, um, of, of, of the UK's total capital... Uh, total managed expenditure. So the amount that the Treasury signed off on. 0.4% was on HS2. Um, I don't know how anyone thinks that we... People who are... The, 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 the right-wing commentators who are saying that we can bail and also simon jenkins another left well he's not left wing let's face it but whatever he whatever he considers himself the simon jenkins is of the world who were painting a picture like hs2 will in any way make any difference to uk finances whatsoever by being cancelled um just 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 screenshot this let's, let's just let's just you know i'll get rid of me scribbles can screenshot this, send this over, send this, look, look, look this, I'm pointing at it all, screenshot this, just tweet this to people, because um, they're speaking bobbins, they're speaking absolute rubbish, absolute rubbish, anyway, oh, there we go, um, <laughs> something, for you to, something for everyone to mull over, um, something for all of us to kind of chew through and have a think about, um, I, I think that's, it's been a short episode, right, has it, 49 minutes, yeah, a bit of a short episode, um, just just chewing through some numbers and not a hugely exciting and interesting episode I, I thought you know it's worth just going through the numbers and getting a bit of a feel for it but i i wanted to emphasize that the point of the episode really to emphasize how little in interest we uh yeah the face my face is critical in the screenshot people should see my mustache and weep um uh usually from horror uh anyway yeah sorry uh it, it gives you an idea of how little interest in a budget that's supposedly so critical how little interest in britain's future is actually held within that budget you know the the, the number 11 essentially holds all the power in the country and i just wanted to paint that picture of how little interest they have in the future of the country so on which note i remove my face from your screen so you can do a bit of a screenshot there if you like i jump on to say uh the last two episodes are now up on uh on on podcasting platforms uh so uh, yes all of the various good podcasting platforms you can uh, go in and listen to the last two episodes um they're both up so the one with dr kevin tent is now up the you know uh, buses versus trams you can uh, you can go and listen to that patreon.com slash gareth dennis to make more of this happen paypal.me slash gareth dennis to throw loose change and abuse at me or comments or whatever you fancy you know all suggestions welcome. And Gareth Dennis.co.uk slash Discord, where the chat that's been happening, hello everyone in the chat, um, all of that, um, you can uh, you can, you can can have more of it, but more organised, because there are uh, there are lots of channels, and people do all sorts of discussion in there. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful community. Everyone's lovely. It requires so little in the way... The admin team are brilliant, but it requires so little in the way of uh, kind of um, mod input, because everyone's so, so very lovely. Next thing to say is, very loudly, 
solidarity to to friends, colleagues, everyone in the UC kind of striking uh, with the UCU at the moment. Um, absolute solidarity. Uh, some strikes happening. Uh, various strikes happening in different ways, different because you know there's quite a big difference between teaching uh, academia and um, uh, and research academia. So there's there's lots of different action being undertaken by different people across different universities and colleges. But absolute solidarity to all of our friends and and, and colleagues um, across uh, across the UCU. And also, there's also big strikes happening. Uh, government, if, if, if you want to look into what's just happened to the RMT, government basically, actually Treasury, tried to throw in um, mandatory DCO as part of the arrangement into the, uh, into the agreement and basically as a way to, to deliberately hijack it or to try and kind of exploit what they are. And, and so the, the, the RMT were like, what, what's that got to do with anything? Uh, no. And stepped away. That's not the only thing. There are other things. Uh, I think HMT have stepped in personally. Stepped, you know, HMT have gone, come in and basically tried to hijack everything that was going on with the discussion. Which is why the RMT have gone Foxtrot Oscar strike time and are calling forty several forty and a large number of forty-eight hour strikes that are going to be a massive impact. DCO is driver controlled operation, uh, which you know has its uses and applications. I think I, I'm not necessarily an anti DCO uh, person. Um, but uh, that's basically where you have a, a person on the train. Um, it allows more flexibility in the operation of the railway. You, the driver has more con like controls the opening of doors, um, but they don't control the the departure. Uh, so they, they, you still have a person on, on, on within the train checking that the, the doors are all safe to close. There's there are various levels of DCO, but it's basically allowing slightly more flexibility in the operation of the railway, which can help with things like cancellations when you've got staff. You know, disruption and staff ending up in the wrong place, but it has to be very rigorously controlled and protected to make sure it doesn't end up being. And, and this is why a lot of the strikes happen because these protections were not in place. It cannot end up being the normal of, for operation, which, given that the only lever of power to reduce costs were staffing, it was very much being used as a lever to reduce staffing costs. So rather than being a tool to help with accessibility, it was the opposite. It was just being used as a tool to get rid of staff. So anyway, that, I digress. UCU, solidarity. Next week, we have a friend of the show, Simon's back. Simon Kendall is joining us to talk about um, his report, actually. Episode 142. We've had a series of Pacer episodes, haven't we? Um, uh, where the North Needs Wires, a guide to northern electrification. It seems funny to go from Treasury spending no money to where we'd like to look at electrification. But I think we should look a little bit to the future because um, it's nice to think about why and where we need wires and think about sensible methodologies for establishing that. And maybe some challenges to the report as well. So I'm sure Simon would... would, would uh, would would welcome some robust challenge on you know uh, in terms of prioritization i'd say the one shortcoming of this report which which i've had a good look through and enjoy it's got a nice diagram with it as well the one shortcoming of the report is is probably the criteria for prioritization maybe need need wiggling around a little bit to to reduce the, the amount of stuff that's in tranche one prioritization so we'll, we'll chat to simon but maybe there's a reason for that you know we'll, we'll, we'll speak to simon about that but we're going to talk about electrification northern electrification and what where, where which lines need wires which lines don't off the back of the logic that's within the tdns the traction decarbonization network strategy so that should be good shouldn't it um so we'll have a look at that everyone um thank you it's good gi gigantic face upon you uh thanks thanks for that everyone um i uh yeah, there's there's some so definitely. Yeah, oh, you know, I need to I need to very quickly do some some mild editing. Oh, you know what? I haven't updated the Patreon people um, uh, credits in here for a while as well, so I need to definitely do that. Uh, anyway, I digress. 
All of you. It's been lovely to see you all. It's a quick one. We've managed. I'm trying, trying to keep Rail Natter underneath an hour uh, going forward. We failed miserably with Kevin, but that's because Kevin's always good fun and lots to learn. And yes, next time we have him on, we'll send him a mic. Um, he was uh, he was indeed using toaster mic. Anyway, right. Enough of me waffling. Um, there's the, the, no. I, I see no questions. I only see happy people who I enjoy seeing. Hello, Peter. Oh. Uh, cross-country episode planning. I need to, 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 to... Those of you who are in the chat who know I'm referring to you, I have plans for a cross-country episode. Can, please t- DM me. Uh, just in case there's something fun we can do as a bit of a loop on. I'm not asking for free tickets, don't worry. But it'd be fun to do some chat. DM me, please. Uh, <laughs> anyway, right. Everyone, <laughs> have a lovely week. I'll see you next time. Uh, Solidarity Strikers. Cheerio! Cheerio! Cheerio!